Trust you found your place in the book of 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And I'll be reading verse 20 and verse 21. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 20. The Bible says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who <clears throat> loveth God, love his brother also. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your amazing grace, for your mercy upon our lives, and for the love that you have shown to us in coming to this earth to suffer, to bleed, and to die, so that we can have life eternal. Lord, I pray that as we reflect on your grace and your blessings upon our lives, that it would motivate us to love you more and to love others and to seek to be instruments of righteousness in turning others unto you. Dear Lord, we are humbled by all the blessings we receive from you that are so undeserved. And tonight, as we experience the blessing of hearing your word, I pray that we would apply it to our hearts and lives. And I pray that we would see the fruit that will result and that fruit would remain. Give me the words you'll have me to say. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with the precious Holy Spirit, that I may preach what thus saith the Lord. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you will do and how you will use your word to accomplish your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Many, many years ago, as a teenager, I received a, a watch as a prize. And this watch was very special to me, not only because I had received it as a prize, but it had a very expensive brand name associated with it. Believe it or not, if you look at the face of it, it said the word Rolex. And so I was very proud of my Rolex watch. But a number of years later, I told my wife about it, who wasn't, of course, my wife at the time, and she immediately doubted that this purported Rolex watch was authentic. As a matter of fact, she adamantly concluded that that must be a fake Rolex watch. Maybe, and I'm presuming, that she figured it was probably too expensive that I would be given an authentic Rolex watch. And she asked me a series of questions. Does it still work? Is it rusting? And I had to admit that it was actually rusting, and she concluded that, no, that wasn't a Rolex. <laughs> She threw cold water on my Rolex watch and somehow I stuffed it, stuffed it somewhere in a drawer, a box somewhere, and I haven't seen it since. 
But the, the authenticity of a thing is not based solely on just making a claim. Authenticity often has to be verified. It has to be confirmed. It has to be tested. In the book of 1 John, the writer, of course, the Apostle John, concludes chapter number 4 with some, what I call, definitive statements. After having spoken of our required distinctiveness as children of God. And he ties our motive and our purpose of being distinctive with the critical virtue of love. It's no accident that in these latter verses of chapter 4, he, he speaks of love in verse number 18 through verse number 21. And we looked last time at these definitive statements. And the first definitive statement that I, uh, I, we looked at is found in verses 18 and 19. And I labeled this or dubbed this the triumph of love. That love is powerful. Love is able to overcome. He says there is no fear in love, but perfect love does what? It casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And we saw that love causes a response. Love is powerful. That if it's initiated, it triggers love in return. It propagates love. We saw the purity of love. The power of love and the propagation of love. But tonight I want us to look at the final two verses and look at what I call the, the test of love. The test of love. You see, my friend, just because something might look like love doesn't mean that it is real love. Just because something may be called love does not mean that it is real love. And so in these verses, we see that John gives a, a challenge and a test, if you will, of love. And I want us to look at the number of aspects of this test here tonight. Now notice the first thing regarding this test of love is that there is, note this, a condition. A condition. In verse number 20, he says, if, if, if. That word indicates there's a condition to be Stated, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother. This is a condition that's a part of a, a test. For those of you who have done chemistry and those of you who have your chemistry exam still pending, you would know that in chemistry there is something called a qualitative analysis. In other words, it speaks to having a, a compound or a solution or a mixture of some sort. And you're not sure what elements or what components make up this mixture. And so you do a number of tests to verify the results. And so this qualitative analysis form sounds something like this. Uh, if a particular result is achieved when you add a particular substance, if you see a particular color, if you see a 
particular gas or you sense a particular gas is being released or if you see bubbles or whatever it is, there's a condition because two results are possible. Whether the result is detected or whether it is not detected. So notice here that the first part of this test involves a condition. John says, if a man say, I love God, we we don't yet know uh, whether this is real love, but I'm giving you the condition. But notice the second part of this condition, this test rather, is a conclusion. He says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, what's the conclusion? He is a what? A liar. Wow. So the conclusion here as part of the test is is vitally important because it is attached directly to the condition that if you see a particular result, then you know it confirms a particular conclusion. If a particular result is not achieved, you can conclude that the thing that you are testing for is not present. So John gives this test of love. If a man say, I love God, but hate his brother, listen to the strong conclusion. He is a liar. Man, that is strong language, isn't it? No one likes being called a liar. I mean, those can be some fighting words. Your integrity is questioned. Your truthfulness, your level of honesty. A former governor of Louisiana once said of another politician, you know how you can tell that that fellow is lying? Watch his lips. If they are moving, he's lying. I mean, that's a real, <laughs> I mean, that's a real tough conclusion. I hope that's not true of any of us in here. John comes to a conclusion that is quite indicting. But it's part of this test. But the reason why John comes to this firm conclusion, all a part of this test, is because he understands thirdly, and note this, that there's a contradiction. There's a contradiction. You see, people are accused of lying when, simply put, the story does not add up. There's a clear contradiction. A famous actress was never willing to accurately admit her age. And on one occasion, one such occasion, a newspaper man asked her to tell her age. So without hesitation, she replied that she was 68. The reporter objected, but madam, how can you be 68? I just asked your son his age and he said that he is 60. The lady replied, 
My son lives his, his life and I live mine. Lies, my friend, they are characterized by contradiction. And so John, who had just penned that, that firm conclusion of, of an individual being a liar based on a particular condition, he explains the condition. And so he says, For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? John says, that does not make sense. That does not add up. You know, we have this phrase, we say, out of sight, out of what? Out of mind. And then I pondered John's statement because maybe we might think John is being a little hard. I mean, why do you see me? And I, I can't love God who I haven't seen, but uh, I can love God rather who I have seen, and I can't love somebody who I have seen. And I thought of a real practical application of this, even in my own life. Those of you who have been involved in long-distance relationships, you would know that long-distance relationships are considered hard. Hard. It takes extra effort to keep that relationship strong. This was before the advent of WhatsApp and social media. So if you want to communicate, you got to write letters. You got to wait for that phone call, which might not be too frequent because long distance charges, listen, could pile up really fast. I mean, sure, my dad would testify to you that it would break his heart when I would give nearly half my paycheck to the telephone company. And he's figuring, boy, there's bills here I got to pay. Am I right? It paid off. You got an amazing daughter in law. Anyway, back to the message. <laughs> but long-distance relationships are considered hard. I mean, there are times where you are going to an event and you are going all alone. Why? Your loved one is somewhere else. And here's the simple principle. That if you can't get a relationship to work when you are present... And you're seeing each other every day. I promise you. It's not going to work when you're hundreds or thousands miles away. It doesn't work. And that's why. A long distance relationship. Is a good test. Of love for a relationship. But John was simply saying. Listen you can't claim. To love a God. Who you have not seen. But claim that you love or you love a person who you haven't seen when you hate your brother. He said that, that the contradiction does not add up. The contradiction is illogical. The contradiction is impractical. And so John gives here this test of love. And he concludes in verse number 21 with a commandment. He says, and this commandment have we from him. 
He says, this matter of loving one's brother, loving one's sister, and he's not just talking about biologically, he's talking about your brother or sister in Christ, uh, even though your brother or sister uh, biologically is included. But he says, this is a commandment, it's not optional, it's a requirement that he who loves God, love what? His brother also. Isn't this the same, very same thing that we've been seeing on Sunday morning? Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? All thy heart. And with all thy soul. And with all thy mind. Jesus speaking to this lawyer says, This is the first and great commandment. Not a suggestion, not an option, not based on feelings. And then he says, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Look at the sequence. He's saying, listen, your ability uh, to effectively love those around you hinges on your ability and your desire to love God. So John says, this is the test of love. He says, we can say a lot of things. We can make a lot of claims. We can actually tell ourselves and convince ourselves of a lot of things. But just because we convince ourselves doesn't mean that it's actually so. So John gives a, a qualitative analysis, if you will, of our love. He gives a test. He said his test has a condition. This condition allows me to be able to make a definitive conclusion. We may not like the result, but the test is what it is. He says, I can make this firm statement because there's an evident contradiction. That if I say I love God and I hate my brother, something is wrong. Because these two things are connected. The love for one's brother, the love for one's sister, the love for one's fellow man flows out of a love for God. A love for God produces a love for other people. And so when the love for other people is missing, it indicates a problem with one's love for God. He says this matter of loving people, it is a commandment. It is a requirement. It ought to be a natural outpouring because of the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts. We love him because he first 
loved us. And look at how that connection flows. God's love came down, shed abroad in our hearts. Our response is to love him in return. And that love that is shed abroad in our hearts that first begins with loving God results in us loving those around us. Further evidence of the power of love. Are you willing to test your claim? Are you satisfied with the result? Whatever the result is, is just a result of the test. And John says, whatever you determine, whatever you find out, whatever the assessment reveals, recognize that God has commanded us as his children to love God and to love one another.